Criminals, what is good? First episode of 2023. I plan on coming in hot this year. You know, I kind of missed pushing all these out. But a lot of last year, 2022, I only put out a few episodes. You know, that was my lacking. But one thing's for show is that I want to put out double that, triple that. I don't care. Um, I'm definitely coming in with episodes, though. Going to try and do at least once a month. I want to get this shit popping again, especially because now that we got the video. You know, I want to get do all these little upgrades of the corner. You know, I'm adding little little stuff here and there to make it a little more decorative. But then I also got to, you know, update my equipment and be capable to, you know, have more guests on and shit like that. Because I want to start having more more than, like, just one-on-one type thing. I want to get group because there's a, there's a few, like, groups of people that I want to do some interviews with. But technically, this is the first solo of a group that I want to do, Defiance. But I had Apotheosis on, Asher Smith. I'm done talking. Y'all got to listen to this episode. Plenty of shit going around. Yo, just check it out. Okay. Coming to Salt Lake. Yeah, because I feel like you're here often. Dude, I've been commuting for since 2015, like most weekends, 2016, I suppose. That's wild. That's d- for sure six years. Seven years. years. Yes, six, seven years. Cause, Damn. Because I started Rave Relief at the start of 2016. Oh, okay. That did, you, y'all guys uh, did a lot of V2 shows, right? I did a lot of, lots of shows. <laughs> lots yeah. of everything, yeah. I, uh, so it was really interesting because when I was doing Rave Relief, there wasn't a time that I was operating Rave Relief and not also taking care of my grandfather. Okay. So they were always happening at the same time. Hold on, I'm going to put a time out because we're starting to get into this. Yeah. So criminals, what the fuck is up? Back with another episode. <laughs> Here we are. And let's see. So 20, 2023 was, no, 2022, it was kind of a slow year for me, at least when it came to this type of content, mm-hmm. mainly because, um, you know, I moved at the end of 2021, but then I was here for all 2022. But one thing about 2022 is I was making a lot of music. So I wasn't okay. as heavy on the podcast. And then the year before that, or like the two years that were heavy, like 2020 and 2021, I I wasn't making as much music, but I was doing way more podcasts. And also, I was doing a lot of episodes over Zoom. Oh. And... Like pandemic stuff? Yeah, exactly. And, but that, it was cool doing it that way, because I had like interviews with some like this, this dude from New York, a couple dudes from Florida, California. I was you like, you could get more people, you had a wider, exactly. Yeah. And I could still do it that way, but not well. It, it uh. what I wanted the whole, the whole Crooks layer to be is a layer. I wanted an, a, a corner, I yeah. wanted like yeah, an yeah. office, you know. Yes. And so, when last year, when I started going in that direction. It took me a minute to actually launch it, but when I did, yeah. I know I'm I'm still building it, but I'm I'm starting to dial in. And at the end of 2022, I started making a lot more music. And one thing that I plan on doing this year is doing both heavy. Yeah. So being in this space in this little little office I call of mine, 
um, there's going to be a lot of content coming out. That's awesome. So this year, I'm hoping to get way more episodes out because in 2022, I only got four episodes out, but it took me a while to start it up just because I wanted to get the layer done. I think that I really admire that you're <clears throat> continuing to do it. Uh-huh. You remember what you told me when we were talking about DJing? You were like, just don't stop. Just don't stop, man. Just don't stop. Yeah, and you just like, got to do it. I mean, my advice, if I had, if anybody was asking me advice about podcasting, it would be that. Which yeah. is that, like, you have to not stop doing it. Uh-huh. Because, because you build an next. Ex- this is actually, I got really into podcast. I'm very into podcasting. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I even bought my own. My own version of all of this equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could do it. And I have done it with friends. But uh, I quickly realized, well, I don't know, uh, that a podcast is going to be something for me that if I'm like helping a part of it or, or regularly on some podcast or something, that's just going to come later. Like, because it, I don't want to spend time figuring out who I am and like, have to see have everybody see that i'd rather figure myself out a little bit and then like start okay. a project where i i know who i am and i know what i'm creating and why i'm doing it and yeah because does that make sense like when i had all the stuff and the inspiration to do it i didn't actually have a goal almost a goal or a yeah or a direction other than i want to have good conversations with people and yeah maybe that could if i just pursued that and did it mm-hmm. and like mind that you know i yeah, could figure out what it is and do it but I am a very busy person. I have a lot of different bro. <laughs> I, have I my feel hands that. in a lot of different things. So, That's how it goes. So when it comes to podcasting, I realized more than anything, more than any of those other reasons, is simply that it takes commitment. Yep, you're committed mm-hmm. to to this. It's and a job, bro. And it, you're giving yourself a job. You're uh-huh. giving yourself a job that isn't going to pay very well. No, and you're going <laughs> to no. You know, I feel that. You know, and you're giving yourself responsibilities, and you have to you're you're giving yourself a position where it's like, okay, if you schedule out all these interviews or, or podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. if there's a day where you just like don't feel like it, like if it gets big enough, it's you're, you know, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You're a professional. You do it anyway. You're going to like, do so it. So you, or at least that's how it should be. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, I yeah. feel that's how it should be. And yeah, so of course. I understand that and was thinking, I knew myself too much at the moment. Was like, if I started something, I would not keep doing it. And yeah, so I don't really want to. Yeah, that's why I haven't. That's why I'm so grateful that you're doing this because oh yeah, it's nah, just popped up around me. I I stopped. I had all this passion and excitement and ideas, and then I kind of shelved it. Yeah, and uh, I just love that one of our friends is taking it up and doing it. Yeah, I, no, I, we're I'm doing it. So all about it. And I what's fun is I've been doing this since 2020. I launched it February 2020, so almost coming up on three years. Damn, you did you launched it before the the pandemic happened, like right um, before, because February. Yeah, my first episode dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Does it happened in March. Damn. Yeah. So a month before. So yeah, so basically I've always wanted to do this, right? But before we go any further, yeah. my guest today, thank you for driving out here. <laughs> Again, commuting on the weekend. Asher, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Uh yeah, hello. Uh my name's Asher Smith and my DJ producer name is Apotheosis. I and more experience as a DJ than a producer as of right now in like things I've produced or or whatever. Like I've put a lot of effort into working on mixes and and performing those mixes and doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I only made one song last last year. So. Yeah, I feel you. So I got to try to ramp up both sides of that. Yeah, like mixing the music and producing. But 
that is not really, you know, being a, some people being like a famous DJ or, or a successful DJ or a touring, whatever, that's like their dream, mm -hmm. you know? And I <clears throat> can't love it and admire it and can see a part of myself wanting that. Mm -hmm. But that is not my overarching motivation. Uh, for DJing and... For DJing and stuff. For, for me, it's more like... I don't know. I need to be... I want to be a part of... I want... Like, okay, so I've, we start this artist collective, Defiance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can't... You can't start an artist collective and not be an artist. No, I know what you or mean. You probably should probably be an artist, you know? And so, I... Part of why I was a part of that was that I knew it would force me to do these artistic things, like to work on mixing, to work on making songs, mm -hmm. and to do all these things. But the the value to me is the community of people and like i value helping other people mm -hmm. way more than like for instance if if jordan was to get massively successful if anarchy just like explode or Which, even, or landon or, or yeah. chance or any of our friends who Which just all those guys are defiance they yes, are the defiance collective yes well so before we get deeper let's explain what defiance is and what their goal is and then we can get we can get into apotheosis and what you want to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, define. They are, they are of, kind of twisted in my brain, so it's yeah. good for me to like try to separate those two. So we'll start with defiance and yeah. its members. Yeah, defiance is was started uh, started by me and Chance and which Lan is Jack, Jack Mormon, Mormon and Landon, which is dismember. Yes, sir. And Jordan, who's anarchy. Yeah. But recently, Jordan has actually had to step down from his responsibilities. Okay. Uh, just because he wants to pursue anarchy, like, full-time, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. That's Fair. what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a whole big bummer to have him not, like, part of responsibilities. But he's still our best friend, and he's still around, and he's still at the shows, and all the things that we would need, like, emergency help or advice or whatever, he's still there for us to ask. So yeah, yeah, of I course. So I was very upset about it at first, but anyway... So us four started it, and now it's uh, okay. It's a collective, uh, meaning we're a group of people, and the main function that we do is we're throwing shows. Yeah. So we're hosting our own events. Okay. Specifically, you know, uh, dubstep, dance music. Chance yeah. makes house music, mm -hmm. which is a really good variety. Yeah. Because like Landon is like real rhythms, rhythm. He wants to make you know rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. Uh, Chances house 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 and then I also really love dubstep so yeah we need chance because otherwise it's just gonna be another, <laughs> all heavy all the time dubstep yeah, yeah. but and, what's cool and, is and, chance is actually he's on the podcast three episodes ago so go check it out Jack yeah. Mormon go check that out yeah and so we started defiance because we want to like contribute to the community in a large yeah. way and a big a big part of the function of what we're doing is not just it's like throw, hosting the event not just for us but for everybody so like our uh, common theme that we do is the first hour of all of our shows is open deck slots yeah so that's, yeah, that's awesome three 20 minutes sets that if you get there you know before then or or even hit us up or whatever if you sign up and you want one of those spots it's first come first serve you can get one and so that is like 
a really big deal to new DJs. Yeah, it of should course. Be. So if you're if you're somebody who wants to be a DJ and you don't, you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? It's like okay, put it this way: for me, when I for me to work on a set, I need to have a booking. Okay, I see. What I mean. need to have a show mm -hmm. that I know I can go play it at because yeah. otherwise I don't. I know from experience I don't make stuff if I don't have booking yeah, like yeah a reason to do it for mm -hmm. others i have an event coming up so i have to practice for this okay i see what you mean yeah <clears throat> sorry i am kind of got myself lost <laughs> no we're so we're talking about open decks and how big that is for defiance and new djs which yes, i 100 okay, so, percent agree yes with. thank you thank you so i want a new dj to even though they don't get booked anywhere be able to play have a date that they can plan for they can mm -hmm. say oh there's open decks at that show in mm -hmm. three weeks that means i can work on my set i can hit up the guys beforehand and say hey i want to play your open decks you know and then i will know that i'll save a spot yeah. for you make sure you're there early and sign up or whatever yeah because yeah. it but, definitely but the gets point is them the on your radar it's the opportunity because otherwise that that kid who wants to mix music like you know you have to go make friends with people and then you have to like hang out with them and maybe like Find an opportunity to plug your USB in and show off. And what yeah. if you've never played on decks before? What if you don't even know how to use mm -hmm. decks? Like, anyway, so there's all these barriers. The idea with Defiance is to try to reduce the barriers mm -hmm. from people who want to be artists and be creative. Yeah. And so, and also to create, like the the vibes at the shows that we create are superb. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> very, very good. And we have wonderful friends. We know really good people, and we don't really. Uh, tolerate bad vibes mm -hmm. that much. And the whole... Yeah, okay. So, as Defiance, we're throwing our own shows. We're making opportunities available for the community and giving ourselves platforms to perform, you know, yeah. as well. But not not just us. We use the open decks to get people who want to mix for us. Like, if you do an open deck set and you do well mm -hmm. or whatever, if you do it multiple times and we see improvement or anything like that, that's how we're going to book you for one of yeah. our shows. That's how you're going to get a full booking, a real booking. Yeah, and especially if uh, if they prove to you that, one, they can DJ, but two, also support you guys. So if they're yeah. constantly showing okay, up to shows yes, and you see them, um, yeah. you see them at your shows, they're buying tickets, they're coming to shows as a fan also, um, but also are an aspiring DJ and are taking the opportunities that you are giving, like the open decks. So, yeah. Um, exactly. You're basically trying to find out. It's almost like you calling out local DJs. Like, okay, you got a dream. Like, all right, well, here's the first step. Yeah. Like, how bad do you really exactly. want it? Exactly. How bad do you really want it? Because this is the first step that we can offer you. And then yeah. all I want to do is take that first step that we can offer people mm -hmm. and make it and grow it. Make it as I want to grow that over time to be more. I want to be able to offer more for that first step, yeah. not just the open decks. But if you have a path where if you're, a, do our open decks and then we book you and then we're friends with you and we're a collective and so we know over time we'll know other people you could get booked on a mixed emotions show or what do you yeah like, which is another, another collective they're a here. local group that are really really you know we did a show with them they're great people yeah that was fun so how many shows have you guys thrown together as defiance what is it, like three or four three and our fourth is next friday okay and yes. at all three you've had open decks all of them yep all three yes. yeah so if you're an aspiring DJ in the Salt Lake area or nearby. Yeah, if you're an aspiring DJ anywhere in the Salt Lake area, 
check out Defiance Collective on Facebook. Watch for our events. And, and I'll have all of those links in the description. Yeah, or or our Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Just yeah, yeah. find us on socials. Yeah, yeah basically just that you guys Yeah, out. and you know, there's different... With this collective, I'm only one part of it. Chance and Landon are the other part responsibility-wise mm -hmm. right now, and I still include Jordan as part of it, even if he's not <laughs> taking a leadership role or taking yeah, yeah. responsibilities. He started it with us. You know? Yeah, so he'll always be a part of it in some way, even if it's not, like, at the forefront. Yeah, and so because it's more than one people, it's more than me, which is a really important aspect for me because mm -hmm. I have had all of these dreams, all these things that we're doing. This is all, I've always wanted to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be able to throw shows. I've been terrified of mixing and always wanted to mix. Like all of these things that I've wanted to do, not only that, like things like the podcast that I wanted to do, things yeah. like... Uh, I have a lot of ideas. I'm an idea guy. Bro, I feel I have a lot that. of ideas. So I have yeah. had the last few years, during the pandemic especially, I was just filled with ideas and motivation, but I did not actually have a path forward for that. I didn't have a brand idea. I didn't have a, I didn't have a product to sell. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. So finding my friends and making like, you know, Chance and Landon and having, building really, really good friendships and then having Defiance emerge from that. From that, yeah. Was like so beautifully organically the path for me because yeah. I wanted to be, in, I've always wanted to be involved in all these things that we're doing. But the likelihood of it happening, just me doing it, just like I'm gonna go out and do it yeah, just by yeah, myself, yeah. just me. I'm gonna go out and do it. Like, yeah. uh, it, it's like it actually seems under, it seems crazy. The idea. Yeah, and there are people that do that, and I admire those people. But mm -hmm. for me, I needed friends and stuff, and so that's what I want to say. Like, what I'm saying is what I see as defiance. You know, maybe Landon and Chance might have different answers, of but in what we do, this is the idea. We're trying to provide opportunities, not just for other people, you know, for ourselves as well, but we want to eventually release music mm -hmm. and we want to eventually have a local um, production workshop. Okay. Where we help local uh, local DJs even learn to produce. Yeah. So it's like the goals are to hit, hit it full spectrum. You know, like if you want to be a DJ, it's like mm -hmm. here's the opportunity to mix. Here's the place where you can learn how to, yeah. how to make music better. Is that why you guys went with a collective idea instead of like a promotions or a production company? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because a, pr a production company, there's a tons of pr tons of production companies that exist. But we're calling ourselves a collective because there's going to be things like businesses. There's going to be things like production. There's going to be these things that you could call it that, but they're going to be underneath this collective. It will yeah. all be a part of, like, you know, the Defiance is the brand. And then, like, all of these other things that we want to have come out of it, hopefully will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, of course. And I think that, I think we've done a pretty good job so far, but the truth is we're right in the beginning of this. I mean, we started this last, just a year ago, there was conversations like, no, nah, we couldn't do that. It would take, like, it would take years to get to something like that. Like, yeah. We, you know, like, and then... Just kept talking, kept talking. Yeah, all it is, bro, is actually just taking the first step. Because yes. as soon as you start to think about it, you start to get deeper in the thoughts, and then you start to overthink and try and, like, put things into perspective. And then there's a fine line between being, like, a realist and a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And you have to ride that line in order to make yes. things like this work. Because you have to be a dreamer because you have to have big dreams and like aspirations to like aim for 
but you can't fully dive into the water without keeping like a foot out in the realist aspect of it and just like yeah we that's awesome but like well you can realistically you can can, that's the thing is that sometimes power of dreams can can take you pretty far but if you don't have even a toe like on Mm -hmm. back on reality anywhere and we're talking things like making money you know having having Mm -hmm. to have money come in to pay for certain things where if you don't have a toe on the edge of reality at all and you're just like we're just gonna do this yeah well, you're going to find yourself at some point with thousands of dollars of debt and being like, well, fuck, what are we doing now? Yeah, like, exactly. I know because I literally did that with yeah. Brave Relief. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, bringing up Brave Relief again. Yeah. Um, let's finish this Defiance talk. Yeah, yeah. Now, we okay. got plenty to talk about. There's no rush. So, Defiance, you guys have, um, let's see, an upcoming show, which is next weekend, January 20th at Boomerangs in Mill Creek. Yes. So, Which is going to be fun because I've been there before. They just started throwing shows there. Really? Yeah, I think. You've been to the Mill Creek location? Yes. Like a show at the Mill Creek? Yes. Oh, you, you're more than me then. How was it? I liked it. I liked it. Um, so I'm pretty sure Boomerangs is more of like a bar. They are a bar. Yeah. It's um, a bar restaurant because they have a kitchen. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they clear out. They're supposed to, The guy told me yeah. they clear all the tables. They away. clear it out. And it's a big dance floor. Okay. Mm. For a bar. For a bar. For a yeah, bar, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I will say the show that I went to, it got decently packed out and it feels I guess it feels like a show. Okay. So it's a good feeling. The other question that I had hold on, let me think about this. Volume. Because that's the only thing I'm scared about. Like Is like, it uh, is it in house system? An in house system? We're using their sub and our tops. Okay. Yeah, because they have a big ass sub in there. Yeah, you'll be fine. And the guy was like, "You're not gonna need more subs than this sub." So, we're taking his word on that one. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Are you gonna take one just in case? You never know. The thing is with subs, though, if you're gonna have more than one sub, you want them to be the exact same kind of sub. Oh, I see what you mean. That, yeah. Because you want to then link them and pair them in a specific yeah. way. And if if you have different wattages of subs go in, then you can have fucking frequency phasing issues and all. Fair. Just, totally fair. It could, it cannot. It wouldn't sound right. If yeah, you of course. Them. And I, we are very annoyed by this fact and this feature. By the way, it's causing a lot of problems because a couple of us have like really nice subs. Yeah, but we don't have the same really nice subs. Oh yeah, so you can't <laughs> even link them. And I might be talking on my ass. I, I'm not a. I'm not a, like super technical knowledge on this stuff. I'm You're not a sound engineer. Not well. Not no. Very. <laughs> Very low level, if, if yeah, I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. Not for you. Everything fucking yeah. I know of is right over there. Like, you want to yeah. talk to me about anything more when it comes to sound? Well, no, I agree with you. That's kind of the same. I'm at the same level. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I know what the effects. I know how sound works. I know how to manipulate it in a DAW, and I know some of the rules regarding, like, large-scale production. But, I would, you know... They don't translate. They, if knowing how to make a song doesn't necessarily know that you can fix like how the sound is on a stage. If it's yeah, yeah, up. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different story. Yeah, but you guys are throwing your first show in Salt Lake area. First show in Salt Lake that is just us, because the last show we did at uh, Boomerang downtown. Downtown. That Salt was Lake. a collab show with Mixed, Mixed Emotions, Emotions, which was yes. pretty fun. I bro, I love that venue. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um. We had power issues. It was so Bro, funny. yeah, because um, um, Brandon and I were playing, and then all the decks shut off for a sec. You know, 
Yeah, knock on wood. We just have had a thing, you yeah. know, and maybe it's just like um, new, new company or whatever. But we've had power go out. I think at all of our shows at least once. Um, <laughs> yo, the one that you threw out in Heber, <laughs> yeah, that one. But give that that was a weather problem. Yeah, well, actually, in, so even the show before that in September, we blew a breaker. Like even then, oh, okay. that wasn't as bad. That was the October show. That was when the power just fucking went out for yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. But that was the whole valley. We that, didn't do anything bro, about that. That was the first time <laughs> snow hit. Yeah, it was the first snow and of the season. it came down fat, came down fat, hard, wet, and uh-huh. we ended up having to pull up Bill's <laughs> giant diesel truck. He had a, he happened to have a powerful inverter. And we were able to run extension cables from the inverter to power the mixers and two subs. It's like mixer, two players, subs and speakers. And not even subs. Maybe it was just the tops. For like 45 minutes, it was just like the minimalist production you could possibly Bro, have. shout we out We had like Bill. flashlights in there. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Bill. That's funny. Yeah, Bill ran our whole whole show for 30 minutes at least on his truck. That's cool. That's fun. <laughs> Bill's the goat. But things like that are fun, but you know, they're just fun stories yeah yeah even if it's definitely stressful, stressful at the time for sure but now you're making your way into the Salt Lake area because well because like yeah. you said you did that collab show but now you're doing your own yeah so this is the first show, show no collab just us a venue in Salt Lake and our promotion power and friends you know yeah what I love about this is that like it's your guys's first solo show and also like you were saying earlier it's an artist collective so you guys aren't just a promotions company. You guys are also artists yourselves. So you guys are the lineup. Yes. Yeah. I, I enjoy Yeah, that. we are the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not always like that. They can't all be the same show. So we're, I don't know. We're going to have strategies for like not do, not, you know, we don't want the shows to be different. Like just because it's yeah. us, we don't want every show to be just open decks and us. So it's. I don't know. I think we've been talking about having a balance of having like one defiance artist usually on a lineup. Yeah. But then save the times for all of us on the lineup for like something like the camp out or like this this new beginnings show. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. That's what the show's called. New beginnings. New beginnings. January twentieth. Shout out yes. uh shout out Sebastian. Shout out Sebastian. But yeah, you guys are moving in. New beginnings, first show. How hyped are you guys for that? Very hyped. We've had lots of meetings about it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of promotion, lots of new, lots of new, you know? Mm-hmm. But what we're hoping is that this goes well so that we can rely on this venue to yeah. do it again, you know? Yeah. Um, and technically, this is your second show with Boomerangs because, like you said, that one downtown. Technically, but technically. It's downtown location, so it's literally. The, it, it's everything, man. Like, their their location downtown is it's an old building. Mm-hmm. Like, as cool as it is in there, it's really old. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we blew the power like a lot. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. <laughs> I see. Meanwhile, this bar is like a newer building. So, like, yeah, this will be. Hopefully, this is nice. Hopefully, it all works out. My nervousness is just that. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. How was the volume? How was like? Did they? Was it as loud as like a show, or did they make them keep it quiet? It was pretty loud. Pretty loud. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm. That's the only thing I'm worried about is that because it's like a bar restaurant uh-huh. that sometimes, 
it's a constant battle with bartenders sometimes because they want to be able to work. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's the environment. The yeah, environment is hundred percent. If you so so the bottom line is it's it's down to the bartenders. If they're a person who can just roll with the punches and be like, Yeah, this is loud music, I'm gonna take drink orders anyway. Mm-hmm. But if they're a little whiner bitch, and like, <laughs> the music is just too loud. It's like, are you, have you worked in a bar before? What are you talking about? Uh-huh. But, and maybe I'm being callous. <laughs> I, might be, <laughs> I might be. But I just find that ridiculous. That's my concern. My have concern. you guys ran into that problem before? Uh, Not yet? At the last show, yes. At the other? At the, at the other location. Okay, There yeah. was someone coming and turning. Like we were, we would turn the volume, have the volume where we want it. And then it would just be down. We we're like, hey, what's wrong with the volume? Uh-huh. Have to go look. And it was like, oh, somebody, like, it wasn't like an accident. Like, someone had gone and yeah. turned it down. And I, I was very confused about it. And then I found out, like, oh, yeah, it was the stage guy, like, or the maybe the guy from the restaurant downstairs or something. I just yeah, don't see, want that. I don't yeah, want that shit. I, at I, that I point, don't want to fucking have that argument. It's like, we, we literally paid money to have our show here, and the volume is uh realistic for this show uh uh-huh, like, yeah <laughs> like not crazy yeah no, not that crazy and it's simple if you guys don't want it that music like that like don't, don't book, book shows like that don't book us so, mm-hmm. and and that is what i'm f- afraid of for the show you know I, yeah. I hope it goes really well and i hope that they i hope that they hopefully they make enough money that the uh, annoying music <laughs> is, is something it. they can t- is worth it to them so that they will have us back because yeah i'm fair. very aware while i'm working on my set no. like in my head i'm like yeah this is gonna be in a bar one thing I've realized though about this location, I there's been plenty of events already, and they just opened it. Really? Like maybe six months ago, but there's been plenty of shows there. Okay. So I don't think. I don't think it's that big of a deal. No. All right. No, these I. These are I, just my like. These are my personal like just, just ideas. Can't running. stop thinking. Yeah. Afraid a little bit. You're yeah. almost like looking out for like precautions. That like are are we gonna run into this? Yeah. What this problems are we gonna run? Well, and when you do this stuff, you kind of have to because. Um. You basically have, there's always you, problems. Yeah, <laughs> you, and you, you gotta, gotta have backup plans. You it's have like to have yeah, backups. You have to have backup plans. Yeah, problems are gonna happen. It's just um, it doesn't matter that problems happen. What matters is if you have solutions on how to deal with them. Solutions and a good attitude and good creative people around you. Yeah, solutions. Yeah. So and I don't know. We've never had. I mean, the only thing that's like the worst, the worst thing that can happen, we already went through, which is literally the power to the city you're in goes away the whole <laughs> bro the city it was the city, the power. city the it city wasn't power. just like the your whole play. valley dark yeah Everything. that was crazy so when that happens we're like i'm like a, we've already literally dealt with the worst mm-hmm. which would be the power just goes out and we're like Whoa. that show was loud bro <laughs> yeah that was that your guys's whole own system right yeah that was that fun was, yeah, that, was. that was fun <laughs> <laughs> that one we do have three subs linked up See, so maybe I'm maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe we could pull it off. Um, I think to the average listener, they're not. Yeah, they're I mean, not worried drunk, about like uh, <laughs> these subs are giving off different vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I'm being a little picky. Yeah, but yeah. on the bright side though is like when you do become picky about little stuff like that, you you almost give to like a like a threshold of yourself. You're like, we're not gonna drop below this, and then yeah. that just bleeds into other parts of the collective. Yes. Well, and I would say that that's probably a good theme of defiance is we're trying to set a high standard, you know, mm-hmm. and lead by example on things. Yeah. So things like the open decks. I <clears throat> not offended by this at all, but after I've not seen open decks personally. Like I've not 
and I wasn't paying too close attention, but I've not really seen that around. But we did that for our uh, camp out, which, which was Defiance launch. Yeah. And then I've seen it ever since we've done it, like especially after the Mixed Emotions show. Other promotion companies have open decks. Mm-hmm. Like, or having a whole open deck night yeah. or something. And I'm like, that is, that makes me so happy and excited. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. This is what we want. We want to, like, curate and foster a, a group of people. Yeah. Like, so it's not just Defiance doing open decks. Like, mm-hmm. it's like Salt Lake is an open deck city. Like, you can come here and find a place to play. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is an opportunity for you. Yeah. And that that would be even cooler because if we can create something like that, we can make it so DJs from... Anywhere, anywhere. Like if D- and there's DJs of, in Logan, instead of a DJ anywhere in the on in the United States or anywhere in the world, really, if, or whatever, is like I'm going to move somewhere. Well, likely they're probably going to want to move to Denver or something. There's a lot of music opportunities right now in mm-hmm. Denver, but I want to compete with Denver. And make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make Salt Lake like uh, better, or just as good. Yeah, because realistically, Salt Lake's a small city. Yeah, it's growing, but it is small, and compared to, I mean, like it, when I'm talking about. Denver. I mean, like in Denver, every weekend, there's something. There's something, and not just there. one thing. There's probably multiple dubstep shows happening. Yeah, around like, the city every yeah. weekend, and we're not quite there here in Salt Lake. No, yeah, because in Denver, it's like it's a big enough place that there's multiple promotions company. Mo- yes, and then here in the Salt Lake area, it's mainly it's only V two running shit. V two, but Mutiny came in. Shout out and Mutiny. Mutiny. They came in, <laughs> and bro, they like they hopped up there quick, and. I mean, they're doing the damn. I, I gotta thing, say, bro. I respect and love V two and have a past, uh, a long history with V two. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're the ones who brought. Like I never would have been to Skrillex if they didn't book him. You know, back in two thousand eleven or twelve or whenever for his mothership yeah. tour. Things that were very influential to me. That was eleven, bro. That would have been so crazy. I didn't go to that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hit my first show until twenty twelve. Sixteen. I yeah. Uh, I was sixteen, and I managed to get in. It, they used to have a thing. So right now, I believe all the Salter shows are just 21 plus. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. No. If, oh, they're are 18. They? Are they 18? They're 18, and they changed it in 15. So Okay, cool. Up until 2015, it was 16 and up. That's what I was going to say. Is It used to be a thing that you, if you had a parent there who would sign you in and write their ID and stuff, you could go in when you were 16. So like... The way that I got to see Skrillex for his mothership tour, I could not. That way is gone now. Mm-hmm. I deleted it. Yeah, no, no longer exists. If I was sixteen, and wanted to see Skrillex, too fucking bad. Unfortunately. Yeah, for <laughs> real. I wish I could have seen. I I wish I could have seen dubstep Skrillex, because I didn't see. Well, technically, I did. I saw him New Year's of twenty eighteen into nineteen. Yeah, okay. In Denver at Decadence. Wow. That was fun. That was really fun. Was good. But he wasn't ultra he wasn't twenty eleven dubstep Skrillex. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was well, making or, his or transition just into Just go watch it. the fucking two hour twenty fourteen Red Rock Skrillex set. Like it's I mean, yeah, I can watch it. Is, it. No, it's, you know I, I mean? no, I'm like I recommend you go watch it. It's really fucking good. Really? That's yeah, because that's what you're talking about. Like the dubstep Yeah. That was like his peak. I don't know. Yeah, because that that was uh shit. Did recess drop in fourteen? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. thirteen or fourteen. Yep. But that was fun. And then I saw Jack U in twenty fifteen. Nice. I never saw Jack U. Jack U was fun. It was really fun. It was cool because I saw him at Hard Summer in L.A. And 
they brought they so they they dropped their album and then did a tour and then they played main stage a hard summer and then brought out every single feature they had on the album to sing this their song yeah. every single one bro i saw justin bieber in 2015 <laughs> that was fun that's but, so cool yeah i i have a long history with v22 mainly because that's the first show that i went to was get freaky in 2012 nice and that was fun um but shit any other show it was nine times out of 10 it was probably a v2 show that almost, i was going always to always was a v2 show yeah yeah i mean because they're the only it wasn't until i started rave relief when i started paying attention to the underground scene mm -hmm. before then i didn't even know about it i had no yeah. no concept so it was only v2 in my mind yeah of course and it's been like that until recently yeah Year until recently coming in but yeah v2 has been running shit until recently what's cool is i realized that like Mutiny hopped up, at least in my eyes, just because I, I'm fresh to the area. I've only been here for about like 16 months. Right. Um, <laughs> Mutiny hopped up even before I moved here. Yeah. And it seems like after that, um, like V2 has been the big dog, and Mutiny came in, and then boom, they showed. I they showed know. that they were there was that they they proved themselves. Yeah. And, but I feel like that opened the doorway to any local guys that they could also do it. Because I feel like I've seen a lot of like little promotion companies pop up here and there doing their own damn thing. Yeah. Well, there's there's also been a thing. I think it's just I think the scene experiences waves of times where. Like, for instance, there's like, uh, there'll be like an after party venue that'll be there for a while, okay. you know, yeah, and yeah. everybody will love going to that place. And then, then for whatever reason, that venue doesn't exist anymore, you know? Oh, and I so, see what you mean. And now, and then, like, and it, so, like, all the venues that I used to regularly frequent, there's only one that, uh, as Rave Relief, when I was doing Rave Relief, most of them don't exist anymore. Okay. Because, there were underground stuff the the scene like moves on in cycles and so there's like times when there's a lot of different venues available there's lots yeah. of different options and there's lots of people making companies and and doing things and then and then those things die out you know they 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 die or they move on or whatever and it creates space for mm. new people to do it and i guess mutiny just like capitalized hard on the pandemic times yeah like hyper creative with that drive-in event yeah, and then followed it up with Singularity in the next spring, which was super awesome. And that was just like it. Like it was like, I don't know. You know, it's like I wouldn't know how to plan it. I wouldn't know how to strategically tell them how to do it. I don't know if anybody would, but they've managed to figure it out. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a very specific set of circumstances and very specific actions that led to them yeah. having a place here in Salt Lake, in the sense of having people that will go to their shows, people that like. They love Mutiny yeah, as a company, not yeah. just V2. And that is really cool. Yeah, I love Mutiny, obviously. Alex and Danny are the shit. Yeah. They're, my, they're some of my favorite people. Like, I've met them a few times. They're cool as fuck. And, man, they're do doing that. the damn thing. They're constantly throwing Alex, shows. Alex is one of the coolest guys I've, I think I know. Like, yeah. Honestly. What I love about them is I think they're filling in a gap that V2 isn't hitting anymore. And that is booking tours on the weekends as regular shows yep 
Yes. Because when B2, they, they are now to the point where they throw like four big events a year. And everything other than that, they don't do things on the weekend regularly. What they do do regularly is Energy Wednesdays and Therapy Thursdays. Yeah, they do weekday stuff more than... And that's... They started... They book tours still, but it's for a Wednesday show at Sky. You know there's what not I mean? A, the com- there's not been V2 shows like at the Complex, really. Has there? Has not there really. I, th- I think they took uh, Kaiwachi there not long ago. Okay, Kaiwachi was, was there. Show? I don't even know if it was V2, but it was right. Kaiwachi I don't there. even know if... I don't even know. But what I'm saying is, like, that's what... Um, that's what Mutiny does. They they'll book those tours and they'll they'll get a Friday show. They'll get a Saturday show. Exactly. Um, V two doesn't really do that anymore. So I feel like Mutiny doing that. They like they're filling in this. Well, they are. Yeah. And window. And it's it's another effect of V two expanding, uh, shifting their focus to like these larger events yeah. where they make the most much probably the most money. Oh yeah. And by doing that. Yeah, it opens the space for Mutiny to start doing the. All, all of a sudden, for some reason, Mutiny like has New Year's Eve down in Salt Lake. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. V two, who is the established promoter, who's been uh-huh. here for twenty years, they should be throwing a New Year's show. And the fact Bro. that they don't, and Mutiny has taken that from them. I, I mean, either taken it or they've conceded it or something. But what know. is happening in know. that? That that is like a. That seems like something you could even even. It's like a gift in my brain from the universe. Yeah. Like how the, no, how the hell does Mutiny you. have New Year's Eve? Like that's crazy. What I uh, did you ever go to Legends? That was V 2s New Year's show. I went to Decadence. Oh okay, because I was they held say. some decadences. I think in it was Salt only like Lake. two, huh? Yeah, they had a couple decadences yeah. in Salt Lake, and I went to those. Legends was 2012, 2013. Mm. Um. I'll never forget Legends 2013, bro. That was Destroyed's first show. Oh, I saw that. The New Year's Eve for Year's for Year's. Destroyed. Yeah. Yes, I was there for that. I that bought a shirt. So, that was so much fun. Yeah. Bro, Destroyed was so <laughs> was ahead of their time. So good. They're so ahead of their time. I love Destroyed so much. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee you Destroyed I rem- I dropped feeling, right now. I remember feeling lucky, like not just lucky, like spoiled. I was like Salt Lake gets destroyed for New Year's. Bro, like, it was my crazy. favorite dubstep band, the most unique Click unique, hundred percent dubstep pop Posse, band, and we're gonna fuck. get that for Salt Lake. Like I, I was spo- yeah, that was crazy. crazy. But I've always felt like that with Excision and Salt Lake. Like he or his team or whatever. Like clearly they have strong connections here because they would have, they would just we'd get spoiled. There was one year before Datsik was bad. <laughs> there was a Halloween where we had like Friday night Datsik, Saturday night Excision or something, mm-hmm. and I was like. How do they do that? Like that's the, in my brain at least at the time. I was like, those are no, huge bookings I for Salt you. Lake, and we got like a big holiday booking. And, uh-huh. um, Excision also does two; he does those two day shows here, so he'll go to other cities. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah but yeah. when it comes to Salt Lake, it'll be like a Friday and a Saturday night at the Saltair. Yeah, no, and he only which does says that. something about Salt Lake and dubstep. I think. yeah, like, that's that's a big I deal. think, bro. I think dubstep just across America, like a hundred percent, like back in like. 2012, 13, 14, you look at these lineups, like festival lineups, you're seeing Hardwell, you're seeing Tiesto, you're yeah. seeing Dyro, you're seeing Danik, you're seeing all these prog- Hardwell, you're seeing all these progressive house artists, right? And you would see dubstep on the undercard. Exactly. And then it slowly just made its way up. Bro, you go to one music festival, 
choose anyone across the nation, at least one dubstep artist is a headliner. Even if they're not crazy dubstep, they'll be like wonky dubstep, like um, Boogie T or something, mm-hmm. or people like that. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. like Okeechobee. Is yeah, like, du- dubstep as an umbrella like overtook the electronic music scene in the states. I I love it so much. Bro, it's, it's crazy. It's like you know, I'm just lucky. I feel very grateful and lucky that the music that I love happens to exist right now. That's that's the biggest thing. You you got to think about this. 50 years ago, there's no fucking dubstep, not even 50. 30 years ago, 20, I mean, there may be versions of it or something, but okay, now let's yeah. take it back even more so. Say 100 years ago, yeah, and you loved this music, well, too fucking bad. There's no dubstep, there's no techno, it didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Like, so the fact that I'm so lucky, I love this music so much, I get to be born during this time when mm-hmm. it, one, has the technology to even exist at all, yeah, and not just real. exist, but then thrive and be pumped into these huge cauldrons of energy. You know, it's like, it's magic to me. Is yeah, <laughs> I love, love it. I love it. Yeah, very it's much. fun. It carries its own energy, and it's always like, like high paced, very heavy paced energy. Because the the um, I'm talking about like dubstep, dubstep specifically. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I I did broaden out there to all electronic, but really, dubstep is. Uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes I worry that I'm like some type of. N- brain neurodivergent is the term like you have to be a certain type of person to produce not just to like to produce the dubstep you know because you have to sit there and yeah listen to the same fucking sound over bro i will listen to eight bars and, straight for a fucking i'll put that bitch on loop as i'm just like <laughs> figuring out different effects and like percentages yeah, and shit like that like i'm there like it's just on a loop what? Eight bars, and I'm just doing different things <laughs> to it. And I know for a fucking fact, Gabby's yeah, like, oh my going, god, will turn that fuck? shit off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because because you start to, like I'll do that with Jordan. We'll have he'll have a production session, and he'll let me just sit with him while he makes music because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't interrupt him, and I'm it's fun for me. So, yeah, yeah, and then I, and I learn shit. Yeah, learn of course. <clears throat> but um, damn, I don't remember what I was saying. Well, it is crazy to be living in the time where electronic music does exist. And you were playing it earlier when you were DJing. Um, yeah. Um, breaking when breaking a you played breaking a sweat. Yes. Like the <laughs> fact that if I'm right, was is that the lead singer of the Doors? Who said that? Yep. Mm-hmm. And homeboy hit it on the dot. He hit it on the dot, bro. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I was thinking about that song as I was driving here, actually, because I was listening to it again. I was like, all right, imagine being a fucking dude who's just making dubstep, and then all of a sudden your team or somebody suggests the idea of this collaboration with The Doors, which to him was, they were like, he loved their music a lot. Yeah. And the fact that you say you have a collaboration with these fucking superstar rock stars, and you have to make a dubstep song somehow with you know, using, they're not used to dubstep, they don't know dubstep or whatever, and, like, to pull it off, like, have made a song that is, has their fucking... Yeah, that's, bro, that's so nice. Like, because it actually has instruments in it, you know, uh-huh. it's like you're not just listening to barcode sounds. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, not listen to TV static, you're not listening to Channel 2. Yeah, you know, and heavy, crunchy barcode dubstep is fun, you know, but 
I that's why I love Skrillex. I love I just love that he made it so musical along with all the heavy For shit. Real, man. He like really put the music and artistry and all this beautiful artwork you, you know like that you can listen to and then but then also has all the energies of you know <laughs> and that like and yeah. that's i think that's why he was the catalyst for the whole industry for the whole scene for everything mm-hmm. because bro everyone's like this is music up. and i love it and what's that hard shit yeah and then it was just like that little edge of shit that was in the skrillex songs that then like you know everything. branched out and exploded and everybody goes oh, i want more of that and uh-huh. then it sort of forms into its own region of people who are like we just love the fucking hard crunchy sounds from that yeah for real <laughs> i think everything changed after 2011 yeah 100 percent. um so as a collective you guys are defiance but you yes. specifically are apotheosis yes apotheosis what's your goal with that why why'd you choose that name where does that originate from um i like the let me look up the definition real quick. So it was because of the word itself, or mm-hmm. it yeah, I've loved the word for a while. Of something that you, uh, that it's you... it's a very good word. I like the word. Okay. Uh, so the highest point in the development, or something, culmination, or climax. So just that base level is like that's kind of what all of electronic music is about. Mm-hmm. Is like trying to find that peak climax like i built either building to that peak climax experience but like making the whole night that experience mm-hmm. and so like having that definition is why i love it but let me there's also more apotheosis elevation to the status of a god so like i consider myself a electro- god no, well <laughs> no that was that does sound like that i should <laughs> hold on let me read this up also called uh, divinization or deification uh, making divine is the glorification of a subject to divine levels and commonly the treatment of a human being or any other living being or an abstract idea in the likeness of a deity so it is technically that but that's not how I'm interpreting it I more think of like the music is to me holy <laughs> okay I see it, it, it like spiritually like if I had a religion or whatever like the like music is my deal mm-hmm it, it just is. It's all-encompassing. It is my peak climactic everything. I love music more than anything. So the name fits it. It also is kind of all-encompassing and weird-sounding, so I could kind of do whatever I want with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's a most fun. Yeah. About being able to DJ and produce your own music. Um, yeah, I got to explore it, man. You're, I'm you're still doing, You're doing shit for yourself. Like, I understand, like, I feel like DJ is such an umbrella term because you'll have these, like, these nightclub DJs that are obviously playing for a specific crowd. They're playing to turn up. They're playing hip-hop bangers. Like, they're doing something specifically, right? Yeah. And they're getting hired for something specifically. Like, they have a job. Like, do that job. But I feel like almost in this area, this arena, um, creativity like there is no threshold on it cuz if that if that nightclub dj starts to branch out you know he to different type of shit that isn't as like bumping as like nightclub music is yeah. you know he's maybe going to start seeing a decline in his I bookings even, i don't even know what nightclub music is is it just is it just pop music pop music and hip hop stuff yeah i think yeah. so i think so basically top 40 the the best thing to do who like who does that is there people that do that there's 100% people who do that and there's actually people who like, like there's, travel. 
Just like club DJs? That's yeah, what they do? exactly. Um, but they, they're doing a specific goal, but like, I mean, they're doing Sounds the job that for me they want to do. question, do those people exist? But I don't really know anybody that's just a club DJ. Uh-huh. Like, But what does that even mean, a club DJ? I guess that, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I guess it's the type of music you play. Yeah, 100%. Right? That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, exactly I play, like... I played dubstep. There's like, there's specific guys who just do like local, local wedding weddings and okay and like right. yeah sorry i forgot about that industry yep that yeah sense. like though those are all djs as well you know what i mean they do high school dances they're gonna be playing okay. top 40 Thank stuff that, there we go you know what i mean yep, there so like go. djs are it's such an umbrella term but like at that point those i feel like there's a cap on creativity and um well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, but okay, with but, this, but let's be specific here. The difference is somebody who just plays music and plays popular music for and for does a bag, and, and for what money. doesn't. We're saying doesn't produce their own stuff, right? Yeah, like a lot of these or, club or DJs even or, plan out their own set because, like, we're playing music we want to play or like music we made. Okay, okay, okay. For people who come to see us instead of like. We got hired for an event, so we're going to play what they want to hear. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it's, okay. There's two different worlds. Yes, okay, I understand what you're saying. I remember um, Dylan Francis. He has an interview where he talks about how he started. Uh, how he started. And, like, what he did was he was a club DJ. He was mm-hmm. doing, being hired to play the music they wanted him to play. Yeah, of course. And then he was doing that and was like, I want to play music I want to play. Yeah, this But boring. then started to realize the only way you can do that is if you make your own music. Like, yeah. That's kind of the route to do that. If you want to play music that you want to play, then you have to make music that you want to play and build a thing. So then he like, told his parents his dream and asked for like a year of no rent to like live in their, their, their guest house or something and just try to produce and make it in that year. And, mm-hmm. and he did it. Fucking did it, <laughs> He fucking ground. He's still... His, his <laughs> live sets are so... Fun. Uh, they're so fun. They're if, so fun. I, yeah. If I, if anything, I would say I'm very inspired by Dylan Francis in the sense of when I make sets, I make them very hard, but I always try to include vibe check vibe changes and mm-hmm. that are like fun for me, like yeah. fun songs that I that are like maybe silly and definitely aren't. We're not like the crazy heavy dubstep I was just playing, but it's gonna be fun, like Dylan Francis shows. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah that would be Dylan, a goal for me. Dylan Francis is fun as fuck. Dude, his one of the so craziest bouncy. raves I ever went to was there's this, this here in Salt Lake. It was a venue that doesn't, they don't even throw shows anymore. I don't know what they do. They yeah. just, or they don't do rave shows anymore. But it was like some promotion company was like through this show and put a lot of effort into it. I, like more effort than I've ever seen. And when I say that, I mean like, so everyone's at the crowd, you're up at the stage, I'm, and they have people come out in like mascot costumes with co2 cannons spraying the crowd was there's, this a foam wonderland there's confetti there, no dude it was just just a regular show a dylan francis show like it was just like oh dylan francis and maybe i just don't remember who threw it and all the details but uh-huh. but there was like it was i remember there was like a, an, an ass load of confetti there was co2 things they're spraying the crowd and they were handing out things you know have you ever been to a show where they hand out like light or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. things like that like i'm I, everybody's got these like light tube things that they're holding like uh-huh. and like that 
was so much fun. This sounds like it was a <laughs> it must a have been Dylan Francis tour because I can imagine him going all out with that type of d- production for his I, own it album. Tot- it totally could have just been that. Like yeah, I'm but- wondering if I don't know if it's the one I'm thinking of. Like <laughs> it's I, it's. I, I just remember leaving that show going like, "What was that? That was so fun. That was more production than I've ever seen somebody do for yeah. just a just a show." If it is, because I can picture him doing it himself. Because at that point, like if you're doing a tour for your own like album. Like, that is your tour that you can involve whatever it is. Like, it's not just a booking. You know what I mean? Oh, and also, he would do these crazy things where he would have silly stuff on his writer, his artist writer. Okay. So, like, he would put a blow-up sex doll, like, on his writer and, like, a bunch of other crazy things. And then he would bring the doll out on stage and was, like, fucking it during his set and, like, threw it out to the crowd. And Uh, I love Dylan Francis. Yeah, bro. He's fun. (laughs) He's really fun. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the uh, one of the few artists that got me back into electro- that got me into electronic music back in the day. Nice, like him, uh, Skrillex. I I liked Progressive House a lot. So like Tiesto and Hardwell, um, Tommy Trash, Tommy Trash. Yeah, I think the the second show I ever went to was Legends twenty twelve. And that was like Flux Pavilion and Cookie Monster. Nice. And I first show I went to was M- Mord Fustang. Bro, you saw Mord Fustang. I saw Mord Fustang <laughs> at the at the complex in the small room when I was like sixteen. Bro, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I remember it very intensely. Mord Fustang would yeah. be crazy because I I remember because my <laughs> my best friend at the time, his dad, brought us to it like. Like, it was like, hey, we're going to go to a concert. And I was like, a concert? Okay. Like, I didn't even know it was a rave. Like, I okay. was like, I'm just going to go to a concert with my friends. We're going to see. M-. And it, it was my first ever time being at the complex. And, like, be, I was like, I remember looking around being like, I was like, this is like a, a, a show, a rave. Like, I didn't even know these happened in Salt Lake. Like, mm-hmm. It was a big deal for me. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Like, the third one I ever went to was Tiesto. Um, oh, shit. Quintino. Ralph Vero and Tommy Trash. Tommy Trash. Okay. In Boise, Idaho. At the shittiest venue you could ever think of. I hate the Re- the Revolution Center. Absolutely hate the fucking Revolution Center. The shittiest venue we used to have was called In the Venue. Is that the one with the with the column right in the middle? Had, yeah, well I had the columns in the back, but it It was just it was so trashy, dude. It it had it was so dirty and so trashy and there was like a dance a clear dance floor. Or something where, like, you could see there was a cl- another club downstairs, like a different venue that was downstairs. So it was like two venues. So you'd go inside, and I would always see Screamo shows. Like, I was going to see okay. Bring Me the Horizon and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that venue was fucking disgusting. It was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was so dirty. You might not have ever been there. I saw, I saw a lot of shows there. Like, you had to go up this set of stairs to the left of the stage to go to the balcony up and around and when you're standing on the balcony it was like two people wide so it wasn't even that that big but then there's a rail and behind the rail behind the balcony it was just there was just like garbage like you know like people had been up drinking on the balcony okay. and then just like thrown it behind them and then the venue had just like never cleaned it like every mm. time i was up there was anyway we've had some gnarly yeah yeah, yeah. that sounds trashy <laughs> yeah it's i'm actually glad it's gone but but apotheosis Yes, sorry. <laughs> what? Do you, no, are you good, man? Don't apologize. That's the whole point of this podcast, bro. Starting yeah. one conversation and then ending up in a different world. Yeah. But apotheosis, you want to produce as well? 
Yeah. I would say... You know what you want to produce. What direction you want to take the name Apotheosis in? I guess... All of my motivations when it comes to, like... Or aspirations when it comes to my DJ name. My superhero name and that whole idea. Yeah. (laughs) They're all based in defiance. Okay. Success. Like, I... The only reason I would want to become like a known influential artist would be to benefit Defiance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like you want them That's to not grow for alone. me. Like I'm not doing it so that I can be famous or or successful or what. I do want to be successful, but it's it's more so like a lot of people want. I don't know it's their dream. They're aspiring. The thing they want to be is that that person up on the stage, and I will be that if it serves my goals. Yeah. <laughs> But that is not my end goal mm-hmm. to just to just be a performer because I, that's I don't know how much. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I was gonna say I want to. My goal is to help other people as much as possible mm-hmm. over everything in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. I just want to help other people as much as possible uh, without, you know, while still taking care of myself entirely. Mm-hmm. So that first, take care of myself entirely, and then the next thing that's important. Is just helping other people. Yeah. Because that's just drilled into who I am. That's yeah, I know. I, I feel am. you. So, so for me, apotheosis is about uh, other things than, I don't know. It's not, you know. It's not really. It's, it's not really my, it's not, I, I guess. Not I'm really figure a, it out. So it's not really uh, a standalone project. Not really. A it's standalone. a project within defiance. It's a project within defiance. As of right now, at least. Because yeah. I have to be fair and honest. The bookings that I have played have been my own shows. Yeah. So, no, judge but me, judge me how you want on that, but that's the reality of it. So yeah. when it comes to that, like, I've not yet been booked, just me, at a show. Yeah. Does that, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Of I have played shows at or played bookings at shows, but I put on the show and I booked myself. Yeah. <laughs> now that sometimes so. that's how it goes though, because like. I started a little a little uh, music label called Criminals Collective um, that I took a pause on, but hey, we coming back this year, so keep a lookout for that. I started that because I got tired of submitting to labels and yeah, yeah, seeing if my music was not up to par with their standards. Like, instead of just, like, sending it out, getting rejected, sending it out, getting rejected, I just created my own label and started dropping my own shit with myself. What's fun, though, is, like, it's an underground label, and I had plenty of underground artists release with me. Mm -hmm. And, like, I missed that. So I am starting that back up this year. Nice. And, but that's kind of the same idea as, like, like, I mean, the only... Like bookings you have, official bookings are under your own shows. Yeah. Shit, I know what you mean because some of my label releases are with my own label. There you, you know go. what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know that it's rough because it was kind of like we were talking about how there are people who just, they're just living their life and then they're like, I'm going to be a fucking DJ. And they work on it themselves and they go out and they, I don't know. They make the connections they need to. They get a booking. Mm. They do that booking. It's like this organic fight where they have to figure it out for themselves. And I'm still having to do 
you know, the path that I'm picking is just different. Instead of going out by myself and just trying to be a DJ, I'm creating the environment for other people to be DJs, and then mm. I'm just partaking in the environment myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> but first and foremost, you're creating the environment. Yeah, but first yeah. and foremost for me is the creation of the environment, is mm. the is making sh doing the things that need to be done so that the event can happen at all, so that the people can be there and experience it. That, I mean, you can't have anything else without that. Yeah, of course. And if I can get really good at doing that, then like, then I can play a show whenever I want because I'll just book myself on a show. Like mm -hmm. I'll, you know, like yeah, 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 like if I give myself the power instead of looking for other people to try to book me, yeah, I'm just taking all the power myself from the beginning. Of course, when I get booked, it's because I I threw the show and I booked myself on it. And then if I have other people, like my goal, dude, you know, low level, is like to improve my skill enough mixing and, and producing but my, mainly mixing because i need to work on that is i want like somebody one of our friends you know i would love somebody to come to me and actually offer me to 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 book me outside of defiance okay yeah you know what i mean that mm -hmm. would be really fucking cool and that will happen but like i i'm just going to organically wait for that to happen oh yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just going to improve myself mm -hmm. and put myself out there and make sure that i play it parties and stuff so people can see me yeah and then at some point i'm gonna get an offer and i will just pursue that mm -hmm. when it happens but yeah but i think but I, I think it's yeah. it like a little difficulty and that is having your toes dipped into so many different areas yeah well that's that's the thing is i have i'm spread i'm yeah. spread out i have and i can't really focus on just being an artist and have that be the only thing i'm going to do because yeah. i I have this other the the back end half that I'm paying attention yeah. to. Because you you technically could if you just broke away from everything and decided to do one thing, you could become a master at that. Yeah. But that isn't necessarily your goal because <laughs> I feel like you're, I'm trying to become a master at multiple things. Uh -huh. I feel like we're kind of yeah. in the same boat because I'm the same way. If I wanted to be a dubstep producer and that's it, I know I could. I like. This wouldn't exist right right now. Well, that's I what could, I'm saying. I yeah. could be producing. This is why Jordan had to leave because yeah, he's taken that that the he, he laser focus. That's mm -hmm. what he wants. He's gonna work on. That. Yeah, and I I gotta say I believed in Jordan before mm -hmm. any before anything did with Defiance or whatever. Jordan's one of my longest oldest friends since childhood, and he started learning Ableton on my license. You know, like. Because I was like, I know you can do this. I believe in you. Like, I yeah, know yeah. you're smart enough to figure it out. And I gave him his first set of headphones. Anyway, I believe in Jordan. I'm yeah, a yeah. big, giant cheerleader for Jordan. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, and I think whatever it may be, like, you you, you <laughs> cut out all the bullshit and you can become a master at that. But I don't want to be just a dubstep producer. No. I want to have my own podcast, my own corner. I want to have my own little music label and I want to be a DJ. I want to make hip hop. Like, there's a lot of things I want to do. And I would rather be spread out and decent at them all than well, just a find, master at You'll one. find things. You'll find specialties. Like, I've, like I'm going... I, I think it's like a discovery process for me a little bit as to, like, I'm just trying to figure out what are the aspects of my life that I know for sure I want to be there. Mm. And then... As and like as I make this move to Salt Lake, that will help me a lot. Yeah, because I have to process all the stuff in my house, like mm. all my belongings. So I get to like restart my life when I move. And part of what I'm doing with that is like, uh, 
trying to trying to like have a, a fresh start with only the elements of my in my life that I want mm-hmm. there to be yeah, so yeah. that I can start to focus on them and ma- become a a master I guess at multiple things but so it's like I know that I have scattershot attention and that it's strongest when it's focused in one place so I'm just going to get better at focusing it like on the few things that I want so my scattershot yeah. energy is still scattered but it's scattered within this range that I dictated Mm-hmm. And then I can specialty focus within that range of things that I want to do. That's yeah. kind of that's that's my plan at least. No, I get it. Especially, I, I think a smart thing that that you're doing is physically you're decluttering your house. Yes, because you're making a big move, right? Yeah, got to consolidate feel, energy. You know? Yeah, and I feel like by doing so, it'll also help you declutter your mind. Dude, that's the goal. That's that's the biggest deal. That was like that's my one of my biggest main motivations mm-hmm. for the whole move is the idea of minimizing I, your life. I'm two priorities. Worried about too many bullshit things. Like mm-hmm. I I need to make make it so that when my brain is re- is actually thinking when I'm using my powerful brain, it needs to be not on dumb shit. Mm-hmm. It needs to be on shit that I care about. It needs you know, I can't have productive shit. I, yeah, like I live in a very old house right now and so I'm constantly having to repair it. I'm expending a large amount of mental energy worrying about this really old house. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and so there, that's one of the things that I want to remove from my plate is like, I just want... And I, I might be being unrealistic. Home ownership, I don't know if you know this, but it's a constant. There's no such thing as just buying the house and then that's okay. Like, shit breaks. It will always break you. Mm-hmm. It's a constant maintenance. It's, something to always it's, there's fix. A, it's, there's always something. Houses, that's the way they are. Uh, so I understand that. But the, my plan is to try to reduce that background noise of shenanigans down to, you know, a manageable level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that my energy can be put into things like defiance and apotheosis. And, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I don't know. Apotheosis is, for me, has got to, uh, I've got to like make that leap. The this year is the year that I'm planning to make the leap from like hosting my own shows and being booked at my own stuff. Yeah. To somebody wanting to book me. Yeah. That's the leap that I want to make there. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. And I feel like that leap could happen with focused attention on it. Definitely. If I wasn't dealing with all the shit that is interfering with my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're definitely making steps. Yeah, the, the best thing is yeah. to have have a goal and have steps to the goal and literally just going down the list. Like through like I, a few things that I want to do this year is I want to have three label releases. And there's a few labels on my mind. Um none of them are too huge because they're dreams but they're realistic dreams. Like go. Full Flex Audio, I would like to maybe release with them. Okay. I, maybe with Last Life, another release with a release with uh, Old Ghost Records. Like, these are all realistic dreams, um, but they're still label releases. It doesn't matter how big the labels are, right? Yeah. But I know those are obtainable. And another thing is I want to... So last year, I only got four episodes out of the podcast. This right. year, I want to, at the very, very least, do one a month. Yeah, that's a great goal. And I think it's super realistic because if I was just doing the podcast, I could do one a week easy right but there's i like like we were talking earlier like i have my toes dipped in other shit that like i don't have all the time to just yeah. do that so some realistic is like uh 
an episode a month and I could totally do that. And like, especially if I was doing it 100% all the time, just the podcast, yeah. I could do Zoom and be totally cool with that just That's because true. it's a podcast, right? Yeah. But this, this is way more fun. This it, is way more personal in person too. In person is fun, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's almost like a little party, bro. It's something to look excited for, you know, not yeah. just another reason to sit in front of your computer and video chat with someone. Yeah. Exactly. I'm in front of my computer way too often. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah, going to do an too. episode on my computer again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it brings it into reality a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's easier just to just to feed off each other's energy because we're here. Yeah, I am much more of a fan of in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can, you know, like I've had really great phone calls. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Really great phone calls. You know, you can have a real good connection, but yeah, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an event. Yeah. Okay. Then there's that. Yeah. I physically had to come here. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You have to. You have to think about it. You have to think. Oh, I'm gonna be on camera. I gotta put on a fit. I gotta look good. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So it's actually something you look forward to and like think about rather than like I said, just like hop on a call. I like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It has to have more intention from both side, both parties. Like you gotta. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So uh, that's cool that you have your goals set out for this year. And I definitely yep. hope you move, throw shows, uh huh, get booked. Yeah, <laughs> S- simple start, goals. I gotta start producing some kind of content of some sort. I don't know what yet. Like, like online shit, like shit to yeah. post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the what I'm kind of struggling with is like, do I want to do? Do I want to put this effort into like apotheosis? Or do I want to put that content creation effort into defiance? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess that's like something I got to figure out because maybe what I'll learn and maybe a way it could work would be like me focusing attention on apotheosis then helps defiance in some way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of give and take from both sides. Yeah. Like apotheosis is essentially going to be a character or an, an a house name yeah inside defiance but also apotheosis is gonna have its own fans apart from defiance and vice yeah. versa yeah so you're at some point going so to maybe, have okay. to feed both okay so yes maybe maybe other. i'll try to put it one way like defiance to me would be like the mass of the people i'm trying to help everybody you know we want to provide opportunities there's all this stuff but apotheosis the reason i don't have great answers is like it is like me like, that would be me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, defiance, everything that happens with defiance, anybody that's happy or excited or grateful or anything about it, it's a group effort. Yeah. You know, so 100%. I can't take credit for the whole, for it. I can't take exclusive credit. Um, and I wouldn't want to, you know, that's the nature of it. That's why it exists. But with apotheosis. You can. I can. It's all me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have fans, people who are just fans of apotheosis, that is that means they're a fan of, well, you know. They're a fan of me. They're a fan of what I'm producing out. And exactly. So, thank you. This conversation is great. It helps me figure this out, honestly, because I've been warring with this inside, but this is really how it's going to... This helps clarify it for me internally. Sometimes you just got to talk it yeah, out. Yeah, I had to talk it out a little bit. Yeah, because apotheosis is me. That is my effort. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that people who like it, like the music that I'm playing, and like, you know, even though it's a character or a... I don't know, character's maybe not the right word, but yeah, if it's a character or a, a an idea that has created a, a thing that I'm going to, like, 
inhabit and be apotheosis for yeah. that for that hour or whatever. Yeah. Damn, that's scary. As I'm describing it, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, no, nah, it's fun. <laughs> that, that's all the shit that scared me, though, man. Like when I first started able, I bought Ableton because I was inspired by Skrillex when I was 17, and I taught myself Ableton with my really good friend. We taught ourselves how to do it, and I stopped paying attention. Like I stopped producing, and I stopped going to shows, like 2013 and 2014. 14 and most okay. and the summer 2015 so there's like a two or three year where i really wasn't paying attention to mm -hmm. the scene and then uh it was rave relief the whole deal with rave relief that brought me back into the scene what hard. was rave relief so rave relief was a non-profit harm reduction organization okay meaning we existed to make the shows safer and um a better experience more than safe but specifically we did that through um sorry i used to have like a really good spiel i'm trying to I'm trying to remember it, it was, yeah, yeah uh so a non-profit harm reduction organization and we do that through bodily health sanctuary and information okay. so bodily health meant free water and earplugs at shows yeah and you know protection okay yeah then so bodily health sanctuary meaning if a girl's at a show and is like hey there's this creepy guy following me can i sit here in a safe place for a second mm -hmm. or whatever or somebody comes up and they're really drunk or they're really fucked up or they're yeah. anything you know we were that touchstone sanctuary space yeah for the show and then information was we had uh i was partnered we ended up becoming the salt lake city chapter of dance safe which is a larger harm reduction organization okay. and they provided me with or us with um, drug information cards. I don't okay. know if you've ever seen them. So it'll be like a, it's like a, a pretty a heavy duty cardboard card with this artwork and it'll say like psilocybin. And then you flip it on the back and it says like, like what it does, like the effects, how long it's going to take to kick in, just like basics. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the fact that you can't <laughs> really overdose and die from it. Like, there's, because they're across the range of, if you're just like a dum dum, just like a, a or not even a dum-dum, just a regular person. So you're inexperienced and you're ignorant. You don't know anything. You're like, I love raves. I love, and I love drugs, but I don't know anything about them. Yeah, of it's course. Like, well, then that's a person, that recipe, that is a recipe for damage, you know, for someone to hurt themselves. So yeah, the yeah. idea being, whatever the dum-dums that were just like, didn't know what they were doing, mm -hmm. if you were one of those people who got caught in a childlike state of need, we would be there. Yeah, of course. And so what that looked like was underground shows raves any event any any event that was you know edm dance music of any kind yeah, yeah um i would have i would be there with my booth so like and i did this i started this in underground shows so i we started by just i started by going to underground shows in salt lake seeing that the sign the flyer said byob so in my brain i'm like if you can bring your own booze could i bring my own water and just give it to people okay I see. <laughs> you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah like would they be okay with that and i reached out to somebody uh this guy tyson who's been become one of my really great friends who's super awesome um and he was all about it like he was like we are salt lake needs this like we need people who will make the shows because i would go to these warehouse shows and there was 
No water. There was no nothing. <laughs> there was no nothing. There was, there, there was music, like, maybe yeah, some there's lights. music. There's a, maybe a bathroom, but most people are, there's a lot of people doing coke in that bathroom, so you don't even know if you're going to be able to get into the bathroom. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, you know, it's rugged. It's underground. We're mm -hmm. just, we're, we're taking this corner of the city and we're going to fucking stay up all night and party here, you know? And mm -hmm. so like that energy is great and awesome, but I just wanted it to be safer. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> people are going to do what people want to do. Yeah, people are going to so do what... So you want to help out those people so, to do that in the safest way possible. Yes. And so when, harm, rave relief was harm reduction. Harm reduction is something that I didn't even know existed until I... Like when I had my brain... Okay, I'll try to summarize this really quick. Okay. In 2015, uh, I went to an excision show at the end of November. And it was the first time taking drugs at a show. Okay. I had never done that. I had taken drugs on a cruise ship for the first time ever, but never like been in a show environment. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to take what I thought was MDMA. But the truth was, I didn't have any experience with acquiring any drugs. So I acquired bad drugs, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And uh, what I took ended up being, like, it was MDMA, but it was mixed with really dirty amphetamines. Super cut? Super cut with, like, harsh amphetamines. Yeah. And so I had a very overwhelmed time. I was, like, okay. I, I, like, was yeah. freaking out. Like, like I just Everything remember. Everything was just a lot. It was a lot. I just remember somebody, some girl from the crowd, some lady taking me and sitting me down and like having me breathe, breathe with her and telling her, telling me, she's like, I'm a nurse. Like, I'm okay. I, I'm so I'm trained in medical health. Like, I, like, let me take your pulse and make sure you're okay. Just like calm me down because like she could see that I was freaking out in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time that this lady is helping me, I am having a like a uh, spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. I like I'm telling her as she's helping me. I was like, "Holy shit. Holy shit. Thank you so much. I'm realizing as you're doing this for me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing for other people." I'm like I told okay, I yeah. told her that. Like I was uh -huh. I was like realizing it in the moment. I was like, "What you're doing right now, like what you've done for me, I'm supposed to do for like I know it. I'm going to I have to do and I like I really was off my rocker. I was like on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on one. But it was like very real it was like the most life-changing changes the rules for everything changes everything like my my whole all anything i cared about after that was like completely wiped away and reset with this mission mm -hmm. <laughs> which was to be that person yeah. who helped me at that show but for everybody so <laughs> so that <laughs> essentially was that the that's what set the foundation for rave relief. That was it. That was the event. That's that's what started everything for me. Okay. Because and after that, and that was after that, I it reframed everything for me because I had been a huge fan of of dance music and yeah. dubstep and and you know I loved it, but I'll be honest, I was actually an asshole. Uh, I never, <laughs> I was a straight edge dickhole okay. about it. I would not. I was resentful and angry at the people who are at the show in my mind just to do drugs okay. when i was there because i love the music so much mm -hmm. like i was up at the front on the rail not because i wanted to party my ass off but because i wanted to be on the rail for the music that i was at like, yeah i was very i don't know what the term is 
I, I was an asshole about it. Yeah, no. I was. It wasn't just. I feel like, like we've all, the, all it, been there because I think yeah. I, I feel like I went through my um my fair share of that mindset yeah. or that period. Yeah, but but ultimately was, everyone's there for the same shit. I mean, you're all there. For, yeah, exactly. Everyone's there but, for but, a but good time. But that's what that was. What I learned of that's what happened when I had that experience. Okay. For rave relief, I was like, oh, I didn't understand what this was before. Like, it's not about being on drugs here. That's not the point of it. Like, you, it's more like the environment plus drugs can open new possibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That, like, that was, at the time, the realization. Like, oh, this is, it's more like the environment is the magic. Yeah. You can just do drugs to interact with that magic. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was the, that was the idea. And I wanted, if someone, I wanted to be the person that was there for somebody who was like, I'm going to interact with this magic in this way and like yeah. doesn't know what the fuck they're doing at all. Yeah. You know? They and do so, like the completely wrong Yeah, way. so when I had that rave really thing, it just reframed what I was supposed to do. I was like, I, I remember like literally the next day crying while I was telling my brother, I was like, you don't understand how important this is. I have figured out what I'm supposed to do with my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did Rave Relief last? Wait, what was that? So that started in 2017. So when did you start Rave Relief? Like no, 2018? So that, no, no, no. So that, happened in 2015 november of 2015 oh shit okay okay november of 2015 yeah and i didn't even know what harm reduction was yeah yeah. i didn't does that make sense Uh uh-huh yeah like someone just helped me and i was like i have to help people yeah (laughs) and i gotta start start that and i gotta start an organization that helps people and so i spent the next four okay so from november until the first rave relief show was the following april okay so it took me five months to come up with the name rave relief draw out the logo, have somebody create the logo, put that logo on t-shirts, the whole, you know, create the the Facebook pages, do like literally all of the stuff. create a team and all that. Well, yeah, but the team at literally was my girlfriend and my best friend. And that was it. it so the first show we went to was Zomboy that following April. Okay. And I literally just, I tried to bring stuff in to help like, like things like extra earplugs and all these... All, stuff in my bag and they wouldn't even let me bring a bag in and so i was like had to go put all my shit back in the truck and it was raining like crazy and i was so upset about it but uh anyway it went really really well two things happened one i was standing that was really magical for me because after having after having what felt like god the universe tell me what i'm supposed to do yeah so then i go to do it at this song boy show and i've never had an experience like this since so to me it was like for me it was like two hours in the line like they were very slow slower than they've ever been at the complex to get people in That's and wild. it was fucking pouring rain so it's, it's and it, hours in the rain and i'm standing there wearing a rave relief shirt with my girlfriend like huddled like ready to try to get in and help people out and while we're standing in the line this dude in just right in front of me just falls over <laughs> and like i run and jump and like i'm there to catch him and it turns out you know it's just he pre-gamed too hard and got way too fucked up and okay and so i was like and i had to tell his friends i was like trying to help him. i was like dude they're not gonna let him in like you have to you you have to take your friend back to your car and you have to go because they're they're i know how shows work they're not, yeah, gonna, yeah. Let, they're not gonna let him in of course and the, and the friend just was like damn you're right you're right and so i had to wa- I, then i helped walk the guy to his car, like in the rain, and helped get these drunk, you know, the drunk guy and his yeah. friend to their car. And I went back to the line and I was standing there going, like, 
I was so angry that the universe didn't help me, didn't let me get into the show where, where I thought I was supposed to be. And then where I was standing there angry, someone needed my help right in front of me. Like, uh -huh, yeah. All my anger about thinking I was not in the right place at the right time or thinking that I'd fucked up and I was, wasn't supposed to be there. And then somebody in the person in front of me collapses uh -huh. and I'm there to help people. And so like that, I was very reassured by that happening. Uh -huh. And then you're like, no, went, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. And then went through the nightmare line, eventually got in and I, I realized I didn't have a way. I wanted to hand out water bottles, but I only have two hands. Like I can carry four in my hands yeah. at once. But so literally I spent money, like, you know, probably a hundred bucks or more than a hundred bucks just going up to the counter, buying, buying water, $3 water bottles or whatever the fuck they are. And then I realized at some point, I was like, this is not working. So I had to take my fucking shirt off and tie it into like this sack sack <laughs> and then fill it with water bottles so the first rave relief show is me with my shirt filled with water bottles going around the complex just like looking for people that need water yeah <laughs> it was really crazy did it end up turning into like a an organization that yes, could set up a oh, booth yeah. oh yeah 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 we, okay we so that was just the start of that it. was the start the, from there by the end of that year we had our own booths at a bunch of underground shows nice like by so 2016 was me starting it and starting to go to some underground stuff uh, by the fall. And then when it came around to 2017, I was fully immersed in the scene. I was fully at, I was at multiple shows. It would be like Friday night and Saturday night. There's two different okay. shows. So then I'd have to come down Friday night. We'd have to load in all of the gear, load in jugs and jugs and jugs of waters and set up a table and set up our booth and set up it's a whole fucking deal you know yeah and yeah. i literally at that point did, that's a job that's a fucking job i gave myself a job and what i didn't do was create a product that we could offer for money okay and i, I never charged to be there okay, because in my mind we're like a non-profit i'm like yeah and i was very young and naive and like passionately about the mission like yeah. to me the fact that i had to go pay three dollars for water at a show when you like I was enraged. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, righteously. How was I was righteously angry. Free? Yeah, you know like, what, what I mean. Well, okay, no. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. You can't. You would not host like a, a a marathon. Okay, if you host a marathon, you are obligated to provide like water stations and medics to be there. Mm -hmm. Like you understand, it's like a whole thing. Okay, well, take that marathon that you're running and instead just have those people run around in place and that's what a fucking concert is mm -hmm. it's the same fucking thing you're creating an environment where people are going to physically be active really hard they're going to sweat so fucking hard that they're going to dehydrate themselves if you are going to create that environment you have a goddamn responsibility to take care of the people that are in it yeah sorry i'm getting angry <laughs> no you're good man but that is a wild idea like the fact that like just water at shows yeah, it was the, that was the core. It had to be paid was, for. It had to be paid for. It, it, now, to be fair, I think that Rave Relief had an effect locally. Uh, yeah. Because things like uh, Sky, I don't know if you know this now, like the nightclub, I, I did the same thing there. I just went there, bought bottles, and started handing them out. Okay. Shows. And they have free jugs of water now. You can go get yep. a cup on the bar. You can go up, get grab a cup, get some ice water, walk mm -hmm. off. That did not exist when I started. Yeah. I At Sky was where I was the next show that I decided to just go to, buy bottles, hand them out to people in the crowd. Uh -huh. So I'm just going to fucking clubs 
buying water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but just like how, like you said, uh, but doing that shit had me meet people, had me meet really important people that yeah. led to, to when I had a booth and I had a team and I had people, uh, yeah. people that were in it with me, like all. And it's this just shit. about networking and growing. Yeah, and at that, but that, at that point. It was all organic. It was remember how we talked about it. it's like the, it's that first step that's the hard part. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that first step was with rave relief, so I took a bunch of different ones, like doing the zomboy thing, just doing literally. I was like, what's the base version of this? The base version is I want to give people water, so I I just go in, I buy water, and I hand it to them. Like that's yeah. that is this mission accomplished at its essence. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> yeah. Well, like sometimes you don't even know where like the. You know the first step, but you don't know where the oh, second, yeah, third, exactly. or fourth, or fifth are going to be. Yes. But the biggest thing is taking that first step. You'll find out where you need to take the next step. Yes. But you have to take the first one to find out the second one. Yeah. So exactly. it was just of like doing it. But like you were saying how like r- even though rave relief is not a thing anymore, you right. think you affected the scene locally. I know I did. The same way like when you guys started doing open decks now you're seeing more open decks locally great, great example so great example that's yes yeah it just sounds like that's the element that i want to bring mm-hmm. like setting a higher standard yeah making and sure other coming people, in and making do, changes doing something different that should be standard should be standard yeah it should be it should, you should have responsibility if you uh-huh. create a fucking environment where people are going to exhaust themselves physically i mean what just fuck them yeah. You got their money, so fuck them? Yeah. Is that how this, this works? Like, I don't think it should work like that. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I do, really doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and you have every right to be. Because, like, it's fucking water, bro. It's water. Come on, man. It's water. Charge for alcohol. Charge. Yeah, no, here's the thing, though. Charge I, for ass out that for alcohol. But, this like, is where I've, now I've, I've softened on this slightly, my, on my views on this. My opinion, honestly, is that if you're going to charge for water, a dollar for a bottle, reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable, and that that's almost free. I, it's not free. It. It's not quite free. It. That's almost free. And the thing is, with a bottle, you're not just getting a cup; you get a lid. It's like a thing that you can refill other things. Yeah. So a bottle a bottle of water has value, in my opinion. A bottle being a dollar, that's not crazy. But you should have a drinking fountain or a dispenser that's just tap water. Like like you know, uh-huh. give, give me just let me give me the basic. Which is, I need water, give me that tap water. Like, it's basic, that flow of, you know, whatever water. But then if you want to be fancy and you want to have your own bottle, pay $1. Yeah. Like, that's, that is not unreasonable in my opinion. But that's no. it. That's the max. Mm-hmm. Uh, going over that is, like, you're just trying to make money. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, like uh, which, which at the Saltaire, fair, they're starting to be... To be fair, be... business has got to do that to survive. Yeah. So it's like this, like... So, like you said, you've softened up about it. You've had to. You have to because yeah. because I was too still businesses. I was I was fucking like I was blinded by my um you know my beliefs on the way that it should be. Like it should be free. It's like yes, but in reality, remember this is like mm-hmm. the toe on reality part. It's like yeah. but in reality, things cost money, so yeah. somebody's got to pay for it. Like it's still you. You have to yes. work within the system. Yeah, well, and you gotta, I don't know, I, I see Rave Relief as, like, you, you know, Mormons go on their mission. Like, I did my mission. Mm-hmm. I just did it here, and I did the mission I chose. Okay, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, what happened was, basically, at some, because I didn't 
have a thing where we were getting money in any way beyond yeah. a donation jar we'd always have a donation thing but that would just like barely break even our costs essentially mm. like it was we were making no money we were spending money to be there and after three years of that i was fifteen thousand dollars in debt it's a lot and so i was like i and and because my grandfather's health was deteriorating i was having to spend more time with him and yeah. i ended up feeling like rave relief was had was had ended up in a position of doing a disservice to the service we were trying to provide. Okay. And so, like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to do it right, just don't fucking do it then. Probably shouldn't do it. Just don't fucking do it. And Mm -hmm. I realized in 2019 that I I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it right. I had to work to pay off that debt. I couldn't... Had to stop it. And it was, like, rough because I had partners who did not... I had a partner who did not want to. But he was in the same position. He was being dragged down by it just as me, yeah. as much as me. He just didn't want to let go. And I just saw that it had to happen. And so at the end of 2019, we ended up being at DOS Energy. It's fucking mm. insane. And yeah. then Get Freaky. We were at Get Freaky as well. Like we were these big shows that we'd always wanted to be at. And we ended up being there. But like just cost. one of those things, like I knew it was like this completion arc. Like once we got those, but I knew that we were burned out. And I was like, yeah. We just got, we got it done, we got it done. So I, I, I feel you. It worked out that I, I ended it. I got my gear back. I called it. So we're done. Mm -hmm. And what what was, okay. So that was in October. So November, December, January, February, March, five months later, pandemic happens. Whole fucking world shuts down. Mm -hmm. I would have had to stop anyway, which was a huge weight off of my show. Because when you take on the responsibility of like, I'm here doing a mission to help people. Yeah, Yeah. So then all of a sudden, every show that happens that we're not at, there's people that need help that I'm not there. And, yeah. and you take and you that on personally like, and you start to I should feel be there. that. I should be there. And to, I couldn't do that anymore I couldn't mm. because I couldn't be there. And so I had like, I just realized that this thing I had created had to, had to stop. Mm. Had to, unfortunately, just had to. And then right after that, the universe, the world the, said, the world everything's said, fucking stopping, bro. Yeah. So that... The pandemic happening, Lived as terrible as it was and annoying for everybody and all the things that it was, was the biggest, the biggest you release yeah. of all guilt for me because I'm like, I, I would have had to stop anyway. Yeah. Like, even if I'd have been hard-headed and been like, I'm going to fucking do it anyway. Yeah. Wouldn't have mattered. But I had yeah. to stop. And yeah. so Shit, I felt, everything I felt happened released. Reason, I felt man. freed and released from that guilt by the pandemic happening because I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And plus my grandfather died like right then anyway. So Damn. I have had this la- had to spend the last few years kind of reorienting as to you know what the fuck I want to do. Yeah, that's why defiance is really awesome. Cause it's, yeah, well, it seems like you're getting it seems like you're figuring it out, but you're rolling with the punches as it goes on, and you're learning about yourself and what you want to do as time goes. But the best thing is to to take a step and then learn from that step, and then take the next step. And learn from that. Yes. The best way to do and learn things is actually doing them in the process. A thousand percent. I think you you can sit down and you can try and learn everything by reading a book or taking courses. But the best way to, um, like, hang on to knowledge is by physically doing it. And getting yourself, yeah, experience, Mm -hmm. yes, exactly. Is putting yourself in there. That's, like, the biggest thing that I've... I'm so grateful for everything to do with rave relief. Not because, not just because I helped a bunch of people, mm-hmm. 
but because I it helped me learn and understand like how an organic growth process can happen for an organization, mm -hmm. but also that the elements that need to be a part of it yeah. for it to continue or else it will just sort of bottle rocket off you know? yeah but go up explode and come back down yeah and but 100 percent. like what if what if that's what rave release relief was supposed to be? it was no at this point and i completely accept it at this yeah. Point, yeah that's what it was it, supposed to you it was were supposed my, to just go was, in yeah. and set a standard yeah and like you said it, it's not a thing anymore it's a lead by example but what i was trying to yeah, yeah it is now you affected the scene you go to shows but there's more than likely free well, water well, dude, this is what's yeah yeah this is what's crazy is like because I was the president of Rave Relief when in 2018 when V2 had deaths at their shows, two deaths. Do you remember that? Some guy fell off the highway. Yes, I remember. And then somebody died, I think, from an overdose. It was like two people died. Yeah. Which was a huge fucking bad press for V2. You know, we want to talk yep. about like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember. They that. were fucked because as you, you start. I mean, you have that happen, and all of a sudden, cities and organizations and governments are like, um, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are people dying? Why did uh -huh. somebody die? Like, are you even, should you even be allowed to do this anymore? Like, yeah. Like, they're like big fucking scary things for them. So uh -huh. they jumped, they acted, and they responded exactly as they should have, in my opinion, which is they reached out to the head of the local harm reduction organization, which was me. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to uh, help them create. Uh, it was called V2 Platoon. Now it's called V2 Squad or something. But they're in-house harm reduction okay. crew. So for 2019 at least, all of that year, all the shows they did that year and maybe some of 2018, I was the volunteer, the head volunteer coordinator for their V2's in-house harm reduction team. Okay, I see. This is why I love V2 is because like they, they responded how they were supposed to. They yeah, got, definitely. They did exactly what they're supposed to. And not only that, even though what it was called platoon isn't it's not called that anymore they still have that they yeah. still have they now have a team of people that go out and hand water bottles out yeah be i've realized and that. i got to be a part of the creation of that like because of saying, where i was though. at and so yes i when i say like i not too much i'm not taking too much on myself but if i had to be honest i know that i've affected the scene yeah here. and you know rave yeah. relief did what it was supposed to yeah and it was even if it doesn't exist it did what it was set out to do and it did it, and now you're seeing effects in it six, five, six years later, and it's still affecting. And crazily enough, I'm gonna benefit from the changes that I helped. You know, by have by being in the environment that mm. now that I helped form when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like you've been a part of the environment in some way for like ten plus years. So I'm excited to see where Defiance goes. I'm excited to see what Apotheosis cooks up in the lab and on stage. Thank and you. all I can say is I'm excited to see what the future holds, <laughs> thanks man. Thanks for fucking listening to me. I guess Bro, I can talk like a motherfucker. Thanks for coming on here. No, I love that because, like, I, I can, I can, I know I can carry a show. I, I can lead it. I can come in and do what I need to, right? Right. But the whole idea is not for me to go off. The whole right. idea of having a guest is letting that guest use the little somewhat platform I do have yeah. and saying what they need to say. And I think you said what you needed to say today. So I thank you for coming on. Thank and you, thank you now this was me. fun. Yeah, for sure. I've really had a good time. This is yeah, hell yeah. So Criminals it concludes another episode. Like I said, I'm trying to do one a month. Um, we'll see what type of guests I can get on here. 
But you can get some good guests. Dude, I'm, should, I'm hoping you should have people like, you know, it depends on what your what your lane is. If you're looking for just artists, mm -hmm. then I guess that's different. But if you wanted to have industry people, I mean, if you had Alex or Danny on here, yeah, they, I and they could talk about some. I mean, you know, I they could give good insight. Yeah, I definitely want to. I need to do. I need to do a little more additions to the studio with more mics oh, okay. because I want to have them both on. Okay. Um, so as of right now, I only got two mics, yeah, but okay. I, I'm slowly making, making my way up. Like I now have the four in, yeah, uh, that, audio interface. interface. I used to only have a two in, but uh, now I got that four in. So yeah, it's just slowly uh, over time. I'm adding to the studio. I do plan hitting them up at some point, well, but that's yeah, for dude, the future. I, I don't want I to tell you guys anything here so much. I support it completely. Thanks, and man. I would be always be happy to come on. Honestly, Hell yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely a good ass episode with you, man. So, Thank criminals, you. thanks for tuning in. Another episode. Stay tuned. Look out for Defiance. New beginnings, January 20th at Boomerang's Mill Creek. Yes. Check it out. Um, I play at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Apotheosis. <laughs> All of the Defiance leaks and Apotheosis links are going to be in the script description. So, check it out. Tune in. Big things coming. And, hey, it's only the start of a new year. So, shout out to New Beginnings. No, but thanks, man. Thanks for coming on.